Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. We are blessed that you are joining us today um, for another episode. If you are a return listener, then we want to say thank you and um, hope that God continues to bless you as you uh, seek his word and seek out a uh, biblical worldview to life, really. Um, and if you're a first-time listener, we want to say welcome and let you know that um, we're blessed. Also, you could join us and let you know, too, that we have a, a website at shoutsofgraceradio.com, and that is for your listening pleasure. You can go there and listen to uh, a number of past broadcasts, um, including last week's with uh, with the same guest I have on this week. Um, but that's there for you, and, and you can go on to uh, your Spotify and your Apple Play music and all that stuff. Um, and so we encourage you to take advantage of that. And then again, uh, thank you to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. And so uh, here at Shouts of Grace, we have discussions with uh, different pastors and leaders from around uh, the state, around the country. And um, today is no different. I have a, a, a guest that's returning. Uh, he's a friend of mine in Williamson, Georgia. He pastors um, now for almost five years, uh, Stephen Durbin. Um, um, uh, Oak Hill, is it Oak Hill Baptist or Oak Hill Church now, Stephen? It's Oak Hill Church. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure of being out there um, about, I think it was about three years ago. Just a sweet congregation. I'll tell you, you guys, you guys exemplify uh, the that Southern hospitality, man. I I had I had such a great time, and um, I was actually I think we're we're probably planning a trip down there. Um, and so I was actually gonna gonna swing by and just enjoy a church service, man. Um, I think we're it's gonna do that towards <laughs> towards the end of summer, yeah. Um, but anyway, it was it was a blessing down there. You guys got a fantastic team. Um, of people just really not just hospitable, but just very accommodating. I mean, servants, you know, one of the things I got to tell this to everybody, one of the things I was, I was blown away. I don't remember when I came, I think it was in February or, or there was something, but you guys had this thing where you had people reading the word throughout the night. Um, I don't remember what that was. What was that? Yeah. Leading up to our missions week, uh, we figure out how long it's going to take us to read throughout the whole word of God. And typically it's a, it's a week. And so people sign up for our time slots and read 24 seven out loud and just kind of saturate um, our worship center with the word of God. Yeah. I was... we try to end it. The last chapter of revelation on Sunday morning, right as service is beginning. Yeah. I was blown away by that. Cause I, I, I've never seen that. And all the time I've been a Christian, I mean, people just taking turns and coming through all hours of night. Like you have people getting up at like three in the morning and like coming out and doing it. Yeah. That is just amazing, man, that you guys get participants like that it makes me want to move to Georgia. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, thanks for being on again, brother. Um, you know, last week we kind of talked about, um, just this idea of why God, you know, doesn't seem to be answering people's prayers, um, in the fashion the timely fashion that they want, but, um, that's not at all the case. And so we encourage you guys, if, if that's something you struggle with, go on and listen to last week. But this week I thought what I would do, um, you know, we, we live in a, um, I'm going to just going to be just dead honest right now. We live in a culture here in Utah where, 
uh, where the predominant religion is Mormonism. Um, and I got a lot of friends yeah. that are Mormons and just fantastic, great people. Um, and, and, and many of them that I've spoken to have this, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to respectfully call it a misconception, but I understand their misconception because of, of what they perceive around the body of Christ. And the misconception is, you know, well, Christians and, or evangelicals or non-Mormons think that they can kind of do whatever they want and they can just kind of live life. And so it's kind of this, you know, sin, if you want grace is grace just covers it all and you don't have to worry about it. And, and, and it's kind of a turnoff to them because th there is a certain, you know, there, there's a, there's a certain reverence. I think it's, I can feel comfortable sure. saying there's a certain reverence there for God that, that, that our Mormon neighbors and friends have. And this is kind of a repulsive thought to them. And, and, and so I thought, well, let's, let's tackle this so that those that listen can understand that, that there's some of us that probably share that repulsive feeling when we hear and hear people that say, I love the Lord and these live however they want. And so what I want to do is always, I, I, I want to share a scripture and I'm going to bump this over to you and, and you kind of, you kind of take this over. Um, in Acts chapter three, verse 19, um, there's this epic sermon that's being given and, and, and there there in verse 19, um, it said, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repent. There's a word there. And I love when I came to your church because you guys did the three circles, but there's a, as far as sharing the gospel, there's a, there's a word there that is woven into the gospel that without yeah. which you don't have a gospel. And so explain what this is so that those who might have a misconception, both whether they're in the cultural context of, of Utah or whether they're in the church and, and they think that they could do whatever they want. Cause you have that issue in the South for sure. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of cultural Christianity. So, I mean, essentially you're right. The word repent is woven into the gospel and it, when you look at what it actually means, it, it's to turn from, it, it's a confession of, but it's not just a, maybe oversimplification. It's not just confession. It, it's seeing what you've done and turning away from this repentance where, and it's never been popular. It wasn't popular in the Old Testament. It's not popular in the New Testament. I mean, anytime you're going to stand up in front of 10 people or hundreds or thousands of people and say, hey, what you're doing stop doing that. Go against everything <laughs> of every fiber in your being is telling you to be involved in. Fight that tooth and nail and follow Jesus. That There's not a huge line for that. That's a pretty short line. That's a quick entry, fast pass kind of a thing. But it is absolutely crucial to the message of Christianity and to any church that's going to proclaim that they teach the Bible. Yeah. In fact, I would, I would add to that and say, I don't know that scripture gives any security of a pardon outside of repentance, right? I mean, I think it's, uh, don't quote me on this. I think it's Isaiah 55 round verse five or six, where it says, um, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he's near, let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, let him return to the Lord. And it says, and God will abundantly pardon him. So the pardon is actually linked, you know, to, to the idea that you, like you said, stop it, <laughs> stop, yeah. repent, you know, um, Jesus, Jesus in Luke 13, he said, now I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. It's kind of a big deal. Like if I say something, okay, 
I could be an error. You could take it with a grain of salt. If Pastor Steve says something, likewise. But when the Son of God, who was solely sent hmm. to save the lost, when he says, if you don't repent, you will perish. Wow. Um, that's that's heavy. And he doesn't just say it there. John the Baptist, his forerunner, says it. And Jesus never said anything that would contradict what John the Baptist taught. Paul goes on, who writes two-thirds of the New Testament, uh, mentioning the, the repentance. You read about it, it, it. Jesus says in the Great Commission, teaching them everything I've taught you, teaching them to observe. And part of that is uh, is repentance. Hmm. What's the problem then? <laughs> What's the why? Why are people? You know, let's take let's take one group. Let's take the people inside the church. You know, what's the problem? Why is it that that grace and and I'm a proponent of grace. I mean, that is the that is the tagline of of our church. Grace awaits. But what's the problem then? Why why is it that grace just seems to cover? this lifestyle of debauchery because I'm looking at my Mormons friends that are looking on and they, I get their point. It, it's just sloppy agape live as you want. So, so what's the problem in the church for people that think this way? What, what, what happened? Yeah. I think the first step of repentance is, is um, humility. Yeah. You're admitting that you're wrong. You, you've you admitted that you've erred. I, I heard an old story when I first got married about this man that had married been married 40 years. And his wife said, you know, in 40 years, you've not told me you've loved me one time. And he said, that's not true. I told you when we got married. And if I ever changed my mind, I'd let you know. <laughs> well, obviously, that's incredibly foolish. And we understand that repentance is for salvation. It happens it happens and Jesus saves us. He seals us, Amen. right? But to continue on in that relationship, which sometimes breaks or at least is skewed, for me to be in right fellowship, I need to seek repentance. Back in 1999, Steve, I was street uh, witnessing in um, Romania and walked up on this elderly gentleman, had to be in his mid-80s, and I, I made the mistake of asking him if he had been saved. And he said, do you mean am I a repenter? And I'd never heard that phrase before, and I asked him to explain it through an interpreter. He says, yes, I've given my life to Jesus, but because I'm still in a fallen state physically and I'm continuing to be selfish, I still make decisions from time to time that breaks fellowship temporarily with the Father. And because of that, I continue to repent so that we are in fellowship and union together. And I thought that was such a beautiful explanation of what repentance looks like. Yeah, amen. I actually, Yeah, that's great. You're a professional repenter, you know, because you've done something more than 10,000 times and you're, it's perpetual. So yeah, you're a professional uh, repenter. We, we don't, <laughs> I, like as a married man of 20 years, uh, my apology for what I did last year that may have hurt my, my wife's feelings, that doesn't mean it counts next year when I accidentally <laughs> hurt my wife's feelings. I have to deal with that as it comes up. That's yeah. just the normal ebb and flow of relationships. And, and I, I agree with you because it's interesting. I think, I think the mere fact of what you just said is a reality. It's perpetual in our life. It's continual. I think that's what First John uh, one verses, I think seven through nine, is talking about. Right? If we walk in the light, as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Right? Um, I, I think walking in the light entails it, it's it's part of repentance. You know, and and I think what you said is great because it, it reminds us that that we are in a continual fallen state. 
You know, this idea that, you know, well, my, my nature has been changing. I don't sin anymore. It's like, really? <laughs> you want right, to tell right. you what, why don't you, why don't you grab a recorder and why don't you record everything you say in a day and, and then mark down every time, you know, it's just, it's, it's That's silly, right. you know? And, and, and so what, what I want to do is on the other side of the break, I want to talk about, um, I believe it's in Romans chapter six, where Paul says, um, I think it's in verse two or verse one or two, it says, shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? And, and I want to talk specifically to the person um, for, for, for yes, our Latter-day Saint friends to hear the truth of what we believe as, as, as the Christian church. But I want the person who's practicing sin to hear what the word of God says, because grace is, is you're, you're, yes, you're saved by faith, uh, you know, through, you know, by grace through Christ. I, yes. A hundred percent grace, 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 grace. But there's a misconception of grace. And if you apply it the wrong way, you're going to give yourself a security that the Bible never gives you, you know? So I want to yeah. talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Welcome back to the program. Um, continuing our discussion with uh, Pastor Stephen Durbin from Oak Hill Church in Williamson, Georgia, as a friend of mine. Um, Stephen, before the um, before the break, we we're just talking about this idea of um, of of repentance and and how many people in the church kind of believe that well, grace, 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 grace is almost as if grace <laughs> erases the need to repent, you know, in a weird in a right. weird way. But we talked about um, we kind of mentioned Romans chapter six, you know, shall grace, you know, shall I continue the sins so the grace may abound? God forbid. Talk about the person who thinks that that grace is the license to live how you want. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at God's relationship with his people, I love that he uses the metaphor of uh, a groom and a bridegroom or a bride and a bridegroom. I love that he's our father, that Jesus is our brother. We're co-heirs, that we're adopted. So he uses all this familial language. And even within my own family, your family, all the families of your listeners, there's a sense of brokenness there. But that doesn't even work in our own family where, you know, we we just continue to offend and, and everything's okay. Steve, I can't. I can't truly be sorry for something that I'm continually doing. Amen. I, I can't truly say that again. I can't truly, yeah, I can't truly be sorry for someone that I'm continually doing something that I'm continually doing or that I'm planning to do. I mean, the the Roman Catholic Church, you know, they they outlaw the sale of indulgences of 1567, which basically was um, if 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 I know that I'm going to go party this weekend then I can go ahead and literally buy forgiveness on the front side to which my pastor would say, hold up your Bible and show me the chapter and verse that's found. Amen. It it doesn't matter what I feel. A lot of times we will try to get around and edge out and say, well, God knows my heart. He knows my intentions. Yeah, he does know our heart. And the word of God says the heart's deceitful above all things. And so when your grandparents are telling you to just follow your heart, they mean well, but biblically speaking, 
that's terrible advice. Yeah. We have to repent. Yeah, 100%. In fact, I would, you know, it's interesting because in Acts 3.19, which we read earlier, when it says repent, there's something connected to repentance that I think a lot of times people don't understand. It's the last part where he says that times of refreshing may come. And I think sometimes people people are, are living in this just weight and this heaviness and, you know, and just wondering, gosh, what's going on? Why isn't you know, and, and I feel so dry. I feel so, you know, you can all have all kinds of explanations for it, but, but there's a key here to refreshment. And he says, repentance and refreshment are linked together. You know, That's right. talk about the, talk about how, why Christians need to understand that it's not, it's not, it, it's not just follow the set of rules. Your yeah. the happiness in life you're desiring is connected to this. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes, I mean, just this past week, uh, our middle son uh, did something wrong and hid it from us because he was worried how we were going to respond and how he was worried <laughs> we were going to respond. Oh, yeah, I've been there um, is is actually inconsistent with our relationship for 16 years of his life. I think some people are slow to repent because they're scared that the father is going to condemn them somehow, mm. or he's going to judge them somehow. Number one, you and I deserve condemnation, but the goodness of God yeah. is he offers grace. He offers mercy. And so now it's our enemy, our enemy who speaks at the same volume as the Holy Spirit. He tries to push people out and hold them down while the wooing of the Holy Spirit in, in loving correction and, 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 and that calls for repentance, he wants to bring us in. He wants to lift us up so that we can be made in right relationship with him again. Yeah. Amen. I'm, I'm thinking of a time my oldest daughter w was a senior in high school and she, she was a godly kid, but she had a, she had a rough six months. She started hanging out with some people we didn't know at school. And, um, and then I remember the time that she came to us crying, you know, she's like, mom, dad, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what happened? You know, um, yeah. your, your mind goes to the worst places, you know? And so she says, well, I need you to know, um, I tried pot and I'm like, you did what? And my wife is like really calm. And like, nobody tries pot. You tried it once. She goes, I just tried it once. I go, nobody tries it once. You try it and you keep doing it. You know? And so my wife pulled me aside and, and then, you know, afterwards I came back to my daughter and, and I'd realized like when I got alone with the Lord, I almost felt like I was robbed of punishing my kid. But I realized when we punish our children or we discipline people, mm. isn't it, isn't the purpose in part to bring about repentance? And here she had met with the Lord, convicted on her own, came to us and told us and repented and said, I'm sorry. She repented towards, she repented of her actions to us, which told me she'd already done it with the Lord. Restoration had already taken place, but I was upset because I felt like, well, I got to punish this. And so I kind of left, I was left with the Lord. I'm like, God, like, how do I handle this? Like, and the Lord just spoke. I produced the repentance. Now give her grace. And so she was shocked yeah. that she didn't get in quote unquote trouble, you know, uh, a little bit, but, 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 but not a lot. But I, I appreciate that, that just this idea that we have a misconception of how our parent is going to respond, but, right. but really it's the response to what God's doing in our heart that brings about the repentance. I mean, that's, isn't that part of the relationship? Absolutely. And I, I what's so funny too, is if God knows all things, he knows what we've done. Nothing's yeah. hidden from his eyes. Amen. His gaze is everywhere. 
And so when, when the word of God says, if you who are evil know how to love, mm. how much more does he who is perfect know how to love? And sometimes I think we, we try to place uh, the imperfections of humanity on the perfection of the Father and, 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 and lose sight of what the Word of God teaches, that He is complete and holy and loving. Steve, if God wanted to chase you and I down and judge <laughs> us in the moment, He'd have every right to do so. And by the way, He's quick enough and powerful enough. He could have and would have by now. Amen. But His nature is to bring us in, lift us up, call us to repentance because He loves us, not because He's out to get us. Amen. Amen. In the last three and a half minutes we have, I want to, I want to transition a little bit on something. Um, you know, we're living in a really dark days right now. I mean, I think we can say that at least in modern history, I don't think we've ever seen anything quite like this in the division and the hatred and groups and all the, anyway, one of the things I see happening that's really troubling to me is that we are Many are dimming the message of repentance in the church in order to win the world, not wanting to offend them, wanting to make that transition from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light an easier one, right? So we dim it so you know they're not quite offended. And, and what's happening is we are calling as a culture, we are calling, and unfortunately, a lot of the church is in, has been sucked up in this, we're calling evil good and good evil. What happens to repentance when we call evil good and good evil. Well, it cheapens it, doesn't it? Yeah. It, uh, it, it um, kind of emasculates it, and it takes away its power. You know, my, my pastor growing up used to say this, biblically speaking, if it's new, it's not true. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the foundations of our Christian faith is that we have the Word of God that was divinely inspired, given to us, so that we could know him and make him known. Uh, simply put, I don't, I don't think any place that would propagate a relationship with Christ without repentance does not line up with what the scriptures teach us. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we go back to the word of God yeah. over the traditions of man or over what feels good, what's politically correct, what's acceptable, what's not. What does the word of God call yeah. for? And the word of God calls for repentance. Amen. And it's not easy. I, I, listen, I, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up coming to faith in church. I mean, going to church and, and coming up in faith. And so there was much in my life that I had to turn from. Mm. But... Jesus is there <laughs> and, and you gain Jesus. Like th th that's, that's the beauty of repentance is that God is calling you to himself. The fact that he would even utter our name is a huge, huge blessing. Yeah. Amen. And I would, I would just add in the last minute that we have, you know, if, if evil is called good and good's called evil, then, you know, when we talk about repentance, we're really talking about turning from something, right? Where, where if, if, when, when evil is called good, then there's really no need to repent because you don't turn and repent from something that's good. You turn from evil. And so at the core of the gospel is repentance. And if we follow society today and we're calling something evil that's that we're calling something good that's actually evil we're actually telling people you don't have to repent it's an attack 
on the gospel and we need to be really careful so our friends understand you know what god defines as evil not our culture not our politicians not our schools what god defines in his word as evil is what we are to take to heart and say this is god's desire this is what I need to turn from. This is what I need to right. repent from. And so, uh, brother, man, we're out of time. Thanks, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. I totally appreciate it. I can't wait till you're on next time. Absolutely, look forward to it. God bless. All right, man. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.